Hello, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here on Mindful Muslim Speaks, a place where we talk about all things Muslim mom. This podcast is going to be a travel podcast where I talk to you about my time living in Dubai. And the topic of today is what no one tells you about living in Dubai. I lived there um, about two years ago and um, came came back with some life lessons that I would like to pass on to anyone else who's considering living in the Gulf, more particularly in Dubai. We know it's a very flashy, famous place, but it's very different to visit there than to live there. So it's some things you might want to know. My top 10 things no one tells you about living in Dubai. So number one, you have to pay a lot of living expenses up front. Oh yes, this is a big one. So for example, your rent the whole year up front. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So you have to kind of save money before you come. It's very standard and typical in Dubai to pay up front. If you're not going to pay the whole thing up front, you'll pay it in two checks. And the maximum they'll allow you to pay is usually in four checks. And that's renting. Um, and that could go the same thing with like electric. There's certain things you have to pay the whole year up front. And a lot of people don't realize that. If you live in the States, you tend to pay month by month. That is not the case in Dubai. And so if you do want to end up paying in two checks or four checks, they will make you pay more money, almost like as a penalty. They won't call it that, but it is because you're not doing the standard payment of the full year in advance. The upside is it's nice to pay and not worry about it after, but you will be in serious debt if you haven't saved money. <laughs> Number two, um, the importance of being a resident or you'll be cut off from certain privileges. For example, if you're not a re uh, resident, you cannot rent an apartment at all or buy a car in Dubai. So you might think, I'm just gonna go there, I'm gonna rent an apartment, or that. nope. And you have to take into consideration the fact that it takes a process for residency. It does not happen overnight. It does not necessarily happen by the time you get there. It can take months sometimes. And in the meantime, you're gonna have to border, border hop in Oman to keep your um, visa okay. And at the end of the day, you're gonna have to end up just hotel hopping, which can be quite expensive. So just put in mind, again, you probably wanna save some money before you get there. You cannot predict how long it's gonna take for your residency to go through. Number three, rental rates change by season, not by location. This is very different, for example, someone like myself living in the States. If you want to get a swanky apartment in Manhattan or something in Brooklyn, you generally know if you go to a certain area, they're going to charge you X. That's what you pay. Not the case in Dubai. So for example, if I go in August and I look for a rental, this is actually the case that happened to me, and I look at a rental and it's 80,000 dirham, which is the currency there, 80,000 dirham, and then I go look two, three months later, it's 50,000 dirham. Same exact apartment building, same exact location. And that's exactly what happened to me, which is a ridiculously different amount of money. And um, actually getting low rental rates is the best thing in terms of budgeting in Dubai to focus on because that is what's going to save you the most money and allow you to work over there or live over there and save money or live at a better lifestyle. Okay, number four commuting expenses it's very hard guys sitting on your computer on google trying to figure out commuting expenses you do not know sometimes till you get there um, i thought i did all the research all i could but i got there and i found the dreaded salik salik is this these overpasses and they'll have names or whatever but generally they're all salik and they um are kind of like these little tolls they're not called tolls but i guess that's the word for it over there and and you get charged every time you go under one it's not like the states where they're going to warn you before the toll this is the last exit get off nope you got to go Go under them you don't have a choice you have a little salad card in your car and they happen pretty frequently that's the whole thing it's not like bridges or things between things nope you're just driving along you're like boop 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 and you get charged all the time
time. What's even more difficult is when you have a rental car and your rental car, um, the rental companies they know you either don't know or you can't do anything about it because you're stuck renting. So they charge you sometimes two and three times more than the toll actually costs. And so that is something to take into consideration, these expenses for commuting. Number five, another commuting consideration. Um, a 30 minute ride or a 20 minute ride, 20, 30 minute rides can end up being an hour and a half to a two hour ride. People who live in Dubai know that there are extreme traffic issues, congestion issues. I find it ironic because it's not like they're an old city and they couldn't do anything about it. They have all this technology, they had all this space, they started from scratch, and the way that the roads are created were just, they're just not conducive to traffic flow. And so at the end of the day, you might say, oh wow, I live right here, it does take me 20 minutes to drive to work not the case. So something to consider, a lot of people end up living in Sharjah or Ajman, the Emirates outside to have lower rental rates, but the drive-in can be horrendous to go and work in Dubai. Something to consider. Number six, a lot of people, and this is kind of a more positive thing, they don't tell you how easy it is that you could just shop outside of Dubai and how the rate for shopping can change drastically when you shop outside of Dubai. I mean, it might sound common sense, but because you're in a new place, you tend to not know where to go. So I'm just going to tell you what I figured out. If there's Dubai and there's Sharjah and there's Ajman. These are the closest places. Um, Sharjah, you're not going to find the, the craziest difference in price. A lot of people live in Sharjah. If you go the next emirate to Ajman, you'll find a severe drop, a severe drop. So for example, like berries are super expensive in Dubai. I happen to love berries. A lot of people do and then when you get there they're just really expensive so for example they might charge 14 dirham in Dubai you'll go to Ajman and they'll cost three dirham I mean a serious difference and you're like well it's just berries but it's like that with everything it's kind of like Manhattan right you go there and you buy a four dollar bottle of water when it, a bottle of water costs a dollar and that's just you know something by the way water is really cheap in Dubai that's crazy like the, what we pay for like I don't know a liter could be like 50 cents so that is a nice thing about over there but yeah shop outside of Dubai for the best prices um, seven people don't tell you how badly companies lie with the contracts or manipulate the contracts so you'll sign everything you think you've thoroughly talked it through when you get there they surprise you and they add extra hours and they add maybe extra responsibilities that they seemingly forgot to tell you about and in the end you're kind of like forced to do them and and if you do say anything just to let you know you are um, ostracized and that goes into number eight which is people don't tell you how badly you'll be treated if you can test anything on the job as an employer there is a culture in Dubai of be quiet and do your job or suffer the consequences and they don't really tell you what the consequences are but there's there's a lot of social pressures and there's a lot of ambiguity about what will happen to you and it could be something severe as you losing your job your residency and getting sacked and go back home or just um, maybe like legal considerations. So at the end of the day, it's not like the States. It's not like, I don't know, certain parts of Europe where you have unions and things and you're just saying your rights and everybody's going to respect them. Oh no, that's not the case. So understand that you will be seen as the black sheep or the rebel rouser if you stand up and contest things from your employer. Number nine, people don't tell you how hard it is to go to Umrah. I mean, one of the perks of going to the Gulf is living close to Saudi, going to Umrah at a cheap rate and being able to go there with your family. Oh no. So if not every single resident in your family has a residency, then you will pay the price of your home country. So for example, it could cost just $400 to go from Dubai or $500. And by the way, you have to know the right people to get these different fares. But if you, that's just typical. Um, and then if you, for example, 
live in the States or from the States, excuse me. And then you are just living there, but you don't have residency yet. Let's say one of your kids or your husband, they're going to pay the fee that they would as if they traveled all the way from the U.S., 2000 4000 whatever it is. Yeah. So make sure everybody has residency. And FYI, residency for each family member costs a little bit of a price. You have to be prepared to pay that as well. So if you're not going to live there for a while and then you paid all that money just so you go to Dubai for cheap, not sure that it'll pan all out. So something to consider that, yeah, you have to all have residency. And number 10. A lot of people, what they don't tell you in Dubai is they don't tell you how absolutely unjust um, the recruiting and employment is. When I would look online for things for my husband, even for recruiting, they'll say something as blatant as we want a blonde hair, blue eyed person. We want an Indian. We want a Filipino. Like they just say that. Now in the States, that's considered like, um, you know, it's illegal. You can't really blatantly do things like that. I don't know about everywhere in the world, but you, you cannot. And over there, it's just totally typical. And number two, when you're on the job, you're going to find that everybody's paid by their passport. So a U.S. citizen might get paid $20,000 for the same um, work that a Filipino or a Pakistani will do, and they'll get paid like 3000 dirham. And so there are just tons of human rights violations. I'm just going to say it flat out in terms of that. It's obviously un-Islamic. It should not happen. But unfortunately, with big business, that's what happens with this um, this greed. And I even found instances where people from Pakistan, Burma, things like this, they were getting, um, they're working 10-hour shifts um, a day, six, seven days a week, and under the hot sun outside getting paid 500 US a month. Yeah. So um, these are things to really consider and understand before you make a big jump like that to another country. You might really want to do your homework. I hope some of these tips have helped you out. Thank you for joining us. See you on the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum.